Welcome to the Rewilding Blueprint podcast. Your pit stop for unleashing your primal power. We're here to turbocharge your day, giving you the strategies to resurrect your lean, athletic body and a mindset forged in the furnace of life's challenges. Why? Because this isn't just about workouts. This is about reclaiming your natural born right to a life of vitality, success and unbreakable focus. My mission for you is simple. Absorb one game-changing piece of advice from each episode and put it into action today. Are you ready to abandon the stale gym air and tap into your primal roots? Let's get started. Ed, how you doing, mate? All right, mate, you? Yeah, doing well. Mate, I'm pleased to get this lined up. We've sort of... uh... Mate, this is an idea that we've been bouncing around for, what, probably six months? Yeah, mate. Good idea, mate. Very good. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then it was the other day, um, we were just like, you know what? Let's just let's just fucking fire a chat up. Let's do it. And let's let's lock it in. Um, we've probably got most people here that are gonna turn up. Nice jumper, mate. Loving that background. <laughs> mate, I I got my missus sent me sent this out to me, um, to PB5. Uh, on Herrick 17 in 2012, mate. Yeah. And it's it's from Primark and it's lasted 11 years. It's <laughs> fucking pretty, pretty good going, right? It'll fit you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, looser in some places, tighter <laughs> in others, right? Literally just finished them, it's fine. Um, right, mate, I are you happy if I record this, dude? And then I can turn it into mate, a podcast. You do whatever you want to do, mate. Yes. Nice. Um, is already recording. Cool. Happy days. Um, dude, do you want to do a little intro? Say a little bit of what you're about and, and what you do, mate, in your yeah, background. Right. Yeah, yeah. Are we on? Are we all? We're rocking and rolling, mate. <laughs> right, are you then? Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. Um, Luke's asked me on this, which is um, yeah, a privilege, really. Um, cheers for asking, mate. Um, so I am basically um, a... Uh, me and Luke have actually met, but we are like virtual mates, Bezzy. Um and um we um yeah, we follow a very similar um ethos, I guess, um and methods to um the way that we like to work with people, um, lots of things in common. Um my personal kind of uh sort of avenue that I've kind of got into fizz, got into fitness, training, coaching probably about 15 years ago now um and then i was just working at a few luxury health clubs in london and then um and then used to be a professional golfer um which was very random um and then joined the joined the marines and uh and then um yeah went through that route and uh and now i am um coaching recruits um basically um a mixture mainly in the in the Romian reserves which is in london um that's where our hq is based um but a lot of the work we do is down at limston um still so yeah so i'm a physical training structure in the marines and then i also run a caliber athlete which is like a coaching company which is essentially um work together with you know reservist work and coaching for, um, full-time so we basically focus on people that um do specific events mainly um so we've coached people that say we as just me um <clears throat> uh coach people that have done sort of climbs you know in the himalayas k2 without oxygen we've done people who have won the utmb race before so coach people for that um sky running world champions like lots of different people who have high expectations people that do like the yukon race um arctic races and yeah, we just draw from our experience really from working with different array of professional athletes to then translate that over to um, people who have the same aspirations, but don't know how to navigate to think like a professional in that, in that aspect. So yeah, that's basically me at the moment. Um, and um, yeah, just want to build that. Nice, mate. That's cool. And I'd say, you know, what 90% of our communication on Instagram is is just sending each other reels, just going, what the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> like, yeah. can't believe it. Someone, you know, and, and some of the topics that 
So, so the topics that I thought we could do for this was basically some of the stuff that we've just discussed. And number one was testing. And do we need to be conducting specific testing for our training? And if we do, why? I think my my thoughts, I'll, I'll dive into that in a minute. Next up, uh, mindset is what's like the best mindset to have. Again, I've got my thoughts and ideas on this, as do you. This is one that I know you're <laughs> going to want to expand on, mate. Hybrid training, the hybrid, <laughs> the hybrid approach. Mate, I can already see you itching to unload on this, right? And then um, social media, and I just titled this, just is it fucking us all? Because that is kind of the where our topic of the conversation ends up coming back. Uh, a lot of the time and I'll, I'll just have an angry voice note from ed like <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on um and and then that you've also got two two young children as well so mm. we're both often sleep deprived and uh and living the dream on that front so yeah. mate testing I, I think i'll i'll go in. so my thoughts on testing is it it either gets completely overused and then completely underused when it actually needs to be um so either we'll get people will have people like running a test week every like four weeks for someone who's just realistically after just generally improving their fizz they don't like does it really matter if they're if they know their back squat has improved by like two percent probably not they need to know are they getting stronger then on the flip side i think we have areas where things that do really need to be tracked closely um, and do need to be really closely monitored and trends looked out for to then, you know, adapt continuously as we go. And I think people just tend to sit in the middle of the bracket or, or sorry, they either massively over-test when they don't need to or they massively under-test when they do need to. But I, I mean, I know testing is something that actually you're, you're fairly hot on it, is it not? Um, yeah, mate. I think I totally agree with what you said. There are obviously different measures of testing. And I think, you know, people do get too consumed by the data. And, um, you know, you've got, you'd have done this, all your physio studies, et cetera. Like quantitative data is good for X to, for X result to then see how it's progressed over a set period of time. But the qualitative data, so the data that is interpreting that those numbers and actually working out the reasoning behind possible influencing factors mm. to those numbers, that is something whereby good coaches or coaches who have seen a large cohort of people in different sectors, et cetera, and seen how they respond to different stimuluses will understand that the data alone is not enough. Like we're trying to get much more data driven in the core now. Um, it's always been data driven, obviously X equals Y pass or fail, but um, sorry, we're trying to get a much more um, qualitative um, and person, basically building a personal rapport with that person and understanding the reasoning behind do their, do their tactical side influence their physical side? Is their physical side really strong? And is that, inf is that negatively enhancing their tactical side? So we're actually looking at the person much more overall and obviously they've done that down, you know, in NSF as well with um, Oparma. Um, so they're looking at people with, you know, um, is what is influencing what? And that's our job as coaches with not everyday people. That is much more important to than the numbers. For me personally, if someone's coming into me and I don't know them from Adam, right? some data to like and i always say this for people is like basically we're bringing their arcs in you know to sort of an axis that then we can then move off on but like at the moment if i don't know anything yeah. it's important that we do get a start state for them because everybody regardless of if they're a professional athlete or or an, someone who's getting into fitness <laughs> some data can be beneficial and um you know, we can use it as a, as a start state, but the 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 actual progress it, itself, and this is what obviously you know you're hot on, as you know more so, is um, finding out about that individual um, and what makes what what is influencing what factor. So I think someone who's joining the military data 
you know proper data is obviously important because the numbers don't lie you have to hit a certain standard to obviously you know and people that are going on expedition you have to hit a certain metric of fitness and injury robustness etc to be able to actually tolerate the demands so in that in that capacity it is needed mm. but most people soft data is quite is, is the, all that's really needed um and a lot of professionals that i work with in the past i get to know them first i get the buy-in i get the trust and then they respond to data differently and it's about interpreting that and understanding what makes them tick so i do think it gets abused the, the, the testing um and people sell this is obviously the last point mate <laughs> people sell data and transformation programs and you know aesthetics based training on the before and afters and that is um a purely a sales tactic um and if I was looking and outsourcing another coach, that is the probably the last thing I would look at. Um, mm. I would look at what they kind of what they stand for and kind of who they are as a person and the general messaging and also if I can relate to them. So that's basically how I would look at, you know, the data's good, mate, but you know, it's just that. That's all. Yeah. Nice, mate. Nice. So I think where <laughs> what I see with this, mate, and what I observe is There'll be some big names on social media in fitness. W one of those big names will do a reel about or, or a post about, oh, if you're not testing, you're not guessing. Or, or, or if you're not testing, you're just guessing or something like that. Then, then about four or five days later, what I see is more or less the same post just pretty much being replicated by kind of your yeah, influences the next step down the ladder right because they're going oh what should i post oh, fuck it, that did really well from matey boys mm. so i'm gonna post that and then and then what i get is i'll be in conversations with dms around people and 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 they'll be saying stuff well what do you test what you know what what, what are you going to be testing and it's that knock-on effect of this big name says oh you've got to be testing right because mm. if you don't X, Y, Z. And maybe they test in their program for valid reasons and it makes sense of what they do. But then you get someone else who watches that and goes, cool, that looked really cool. So I'm just going to say yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And then people soaking that up and then and then taking that message verbatim. Mm. And then you go, well, why are you testing what you're testing for? And a great example I saw of this recently was someone putting something out saying, if you can't do... Oh, mate, I... I can't remember exactly what it was, it, but it was something like if you can't do um, X number of single leg calf raises, then you shouldn't run. Yeah. And it's like, fucking really? Because they probably just, you know, maybe there is some data and a study out there, and I'm sure there is, that says that this is the number that you need to, to minimize, uh, you know, uh, shin splints or or whatever it is. But that was probably very specific data, which applied to a very specific subset of people. And and actually, what what we're going to do? We go right, um, Darren. Sorry, mate, you can't do thirty single leg calf raises, so you're not allowed to run anymore until you can. And then you stop running, and then everything goes to pot, right? So there's there's so many, I think anyway, complexities to actually analysing data, and this is where. You know, you've got people who have studied for years to be able to properly analyze data. And then you've got Matey Boy who has watched three re three reels from yeah. wherever and is now like, cool, I can interpret it, all this data and put a crystal clear plan together uh, for Bob when actually it's got nothing to do with Bob. Yeah, mate, exactly. And a little bit around that is, you know, the army are basically... <clears throat> The army, the Royal, the Royal Army Physical Training Corps, are essentially like pioneering SNC for their recruit for their like recruits leap going in, right? Yeah, they've obviously got a whole, you know, um, a whole arm of, you know, they have, there's hundreds of them, right, of, of physical training instructors, and with the emphasis on data-driven stats, will give you a better output, a better standard of recruit, but that's not actually true. It's not actually proven either. 
Um, and it's something that we're latching onto in the core, but also it's still not proven because there are so many factors and so many variables. Um, does their does their force development improve their running? Well, not necessarily. So there's so many ifs and buts. Mm. For me personally, I would say that um, going back to your point, mate, about you know um, people people really don't understand what actual like you know how physiological changes actually happen anyway they obviously are just chucking out stuff to say you know if you follow my program and you do this you will be able to run your first marathon like if that was the case there would not be any other programs out there that would be the one yeah yeah <laughs> that would yeah. be the one um and also from my personal experience the more i've worked with you know physios osteopaths um sports sports performance or or dual osteophysio for example um you realize when you work with these people that they don't actually know so they have right you need to be single leg leg pressing you know one and a half times your body weight through each leg you need to be able to be doing an isometric calf hold with 50 percent body weight whatever it may be that is indicative to more tolerance in the tissue or more tolerance in the structure whatever but that doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to get injured. They are just like, like I said, that's how I like to work. We're bringing people's arcs in, like from where they are. They don't know where they are this way. They don't know where they are that way. And we centralize and bring them in. And then all it does is some of the data is just give them more understanding of where they are in their body. So it can be a case of eight weeks time. I haven't really progressed that much. Okay. But how are you feeling now? Like compared to the start, that's more important to me than whether you've added two reps onto whatever. So I think if more people feel like that, but that comes from like coaching that comes from, you know, all that empowerment piece, et cetera, you know, like mm. people buying into your experience. Um, and, you know, you kind of, it's hard to stand out in that respect. <laughs> Think that it's um important to stick to stick to stick to the uh you know what we're doing <laughs> yeah mate 100 it's good and that that empowerment piece i think then actually leads us nicely on to the second point which is which is mindset and and mate you'll you'll often send me just like or i'll send you just a, a voice clip uh, of sound recording of just <laughs> one of the babies just screaming and like discuss how we've had no sleep and and you'll always be like, right, life coaches assemble. Um, and uh, do, 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 Sam Snowden, I, th I think he's on the call. So it's a lad, he asked me the other day, great question. He was like, what, what was your personal mindset when you joined the Marines? And what do you think made it uh, uh, powerful or whatever? And and honestly, mate, and, and again, there's something we spoke about when I was at that point, when I probably had my sort of strongest mindset was when I literally gave mindset zero thought whatsoever. It, it wasn't it wasn't an, like it didn't even factor in. And the reason it didn't factor in was because as far as I cared, I didn't need a strong mindset because the outcome in my head was this is what I'm doing. Shit bust. I didn't need to convince myself that this is what's going to happen. I just, I just genuinely had that belief that that's what I was going to do. Yeah. I didn't need to try and trick myself into something. I, I didn't need to, um, you know, give myself these, these tricks to, to overcome. I just, I fucking made my mind up. That's what I was going to do. So that's what yeah. I was going to do. And it is, as it was as simple as that. I said, yeah. I'm going to do that. And then I went and did it one like one foot in front of the other right yeah mate uh, exactly yeah and i think that go you know on the last point that we'll talk about social media you know no matter what anyone says it is by far the most powerful and influencing tool to mm. basically people to second guess themselves mm -hmm. um, and also to forget about who they are as an individual and what they are actually you know what morals they stand for because a lot of people try and just mimic and copy other people's you know roots or way that they have done things and i'm the same as you mate like it's literally it was kind of you know um doing the hard stuff at the time was not didn't feel like it was that hard really because you know if you knew what hard was based on what someone told you it was versus what is easy, what is comfortable, and then 
you know, you have to do this to then experience this. It's like you'd get so lost in the process that at zero three, you know, in the um, in the HQ element in the harbour getting orders, you're going to be like, well, this is a little bit too hard. So I just want to take a like, No, you just do it. So, you know, there isn't any contemplation. There isn't any, you know, psychology behind it. It's like you've got a job to do. You do it. And I think that taking that confusion away um, is really beneficial. This is why so many people, you know, that join the military, um, I would say in particular the core, um, those lessons never like leave them. So like they might need to refine them a few times, but, you know, they just have that belief that they can just do it anyway. So, you know, people that try and adopt a mindset from someone they don't know online is really baffling to me um you know i'm a big believer in the way that i work with people is like they take back control of everything so like they avoid opinions second opinions referrals they actually take ownership of what they're doing and i know it sounds a little bit chad but i know that you're the same it's like you get some guidance but you take control of what you're doing and i think that if people understand that you know, they, you know, I've trained, you know, the people that have like not thought they'd be able to do something and you just tell them, right, at this time, at this grid, you are going to be here. You're going to be doing this session, right? There's no right approach it with uh, a gracious attitude or, you know, all these sorts of things. I, you know, I get that there's a place sometimes, but you just need to end up doing it sometimes. You just do it and then you reflect on it and then you just do it again and you reflect on it. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Mindset because people do make businesses out of selling, mm. you know, an ethos and a methodology that they've learned. And that's great. That's great. If they've got skills that can genuinely help people. But I think it's just such a highly complex subject, really, mate. I think it's, mm. it's out of my realm of delving into the psychology to it. But I think, like personally like this ourselves we can just draw on experiences that might you know aid people um yeah that's that's kind of really i mean i won't i won't spin the voice notes no, <laughs> mate so yeah I, I think i think the way because I, I do think there is such a thing as mindset and i think it does need yeah. developing i think the way i think i always encourage people to look at it is more of a, a mindset shift as opposed to I'm going to make a stronger, stronger, stronger mindset all the time. Because I, a lot of the time, actually, all it is, is just being able to look at stuff slightly differently. Yeah. And then as well as I think just being able to just sometimes not think and just, and, and just yeah. do it. So there's almost those polar extremes there and it's being able to know when to pick each pick one. Yeah. And we did a call a, a little while ago uh, based around the mindset side of things. And I was saying what I find useful was basically just taking a bit of RTR and just applying that to real life. Right. So just, yeah, just have a, basically have an SOP, just have a go to, that if something's going to shit, just do this. Don't think about it. Do not think about it. Just do this. Then stop and then think about it because at least you buy yourself a little a little bit of breathing space. Yeah. And I think there we can all almost go back to, you know, what you're saying, people in the military, like they just do it, right? And that inherently really just comes back down to being well-drilled because you just, you just got it nailed down don't you like your morning routine is you get up if you're in the field and you just do this in yeah. this order every single time and then 90 percent of the time you're not going to cock it up because you're not you're not relying on mindset you're just doing what you do all the time i think with i think with that as well though mate is that you know what the implications are and you know how bad it could be if you don't do your part and mm. The mindset is, what are the implications of me not doing this? I do not want that to ever happen. So yeah. you just, so I think with so many people that like going back to your first point, I do think that so many people have just lost confidence. And yeah, I think that that makes their mindset 
just very, very low level. And mate, really good point. So, you know, sorry to jump in, mate, because I, yeah. I just think that links to what you said, where on social media, you've got so many people telling you so many different things of the best way to do stuff. No wonder people just second guess themselves all the time. Because oh, yeah. they open the phone and they're just presented with about eight different ways of doing the same thing. So yeah. fuck me, no wonder people aren't making that decision that needs to be made because yeah. they've got eight different experts all telling them, you want to go for a run where you've got to do 30 single leg calf raises. No, you've got to do a double body weight squat. No, you need to have a VO2 max of this. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, mate, no wonder people are then like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think that, you know... I do think that coaching and mentoring, however you want to look at it, is a real like underrated um, thing in so many respects. It's like if you can help people like navigate through their what they want to do and also get them results in their training and all these different factors, it takes a lot. Like if you go and see an orthopedic surgeon, they give you a conclusion or they give you right this. You're, they're going to operate on this, for example, my personal experience as well. This is is and then they just cut you open they just try and sort something out for you but that's a skill in itself but all the other areas around it like you go in you come out in a day case see you later mate get the cab home like cheers all right then what but the thing around like you know the coaching side of things is like the confidence that you get from working with somebody and you follow their ethos the whole tribe piece you know like following a, being in a community is so key um, that you can bounce ideas back and forth and you've got that support network. And I think that is so much important for people's mindset because you're around similar people. Um, you sing off the same hymn sheets, you bounce off each other. You know, like I've, there's lots of things in the past where I've like built up communities of like running groups and things like that. And I do think that um, when you get those people together, when they can vent and then use use exercise to kind of, you know, release, you know, actual have, you know, a hundred percent guaranteed physiological change when you when you exercise for for the benefit. Um, that is enough in itself. And I think that that mind that influences your mindset more than anything. Like being alone without sounding like, you know, too sinister here, but being on your own or being alone with not having like that even like a family or, or a support network is fucking nails. And yeah. I do think that that impacts your mindset. And I think that's where people start to scroll and look for ideas. Um, so I do think that it starts from obviously, you know, yourself, but also that ones and twos, you know, like immediately left and right, like who's going to be help you out. And, you know, you see it sometimes, you know, you know, like people just look like really down you just think like i wonder what that person's doing like i'd like to let like i'd like to chat to that person and see what actually what the fuck's going on um and it's having that general rapport that, that, that authentic rapport with people i think is a lost a lost thing um yeah mate so you see it man you just see people going out to these like dark holes they don't they don't contact you or whatever and they start like they don't, they don't train anymore they like they find an excuse to not train with you and then their mindset just goes like like cascades down and they start thinking negatively so i definitely agree with the switch mate viewing things i started doing right and i put a post up about it right um my social media is gash but like i put it up but it's like i started doing things i actually enjoy doing so yeah. you know instead of like finding a reason for doing it or like um an outcome based goal um, I've actually just started doing things that I enjoy when I want to do it, which is sometimes a little bit you know, selfish, I guess. But that in itself has completely shifted my mentality um, generally because, you know, we're always chasing to be the fittest bloke, aren't we? We're always like want to be the best bloke. We always want to be like the boat, you know, the best out front or whatever. And I've just started saying, right, just forget about that a little bit and start doing stuff I enjoy. And I definitely think my mindset's changed um, considerably, even just like the fact that I'm 36 now, like, fuck me, you haven't got that much long. I know it sounds sinister, but there's not that much, you know, 10 years time, 46, 
I know there's obviously probably some people in here that are probably thinking, you fucking sprog, you're really young. <laughs> but mate, Darren's going to come over and clap you out in a minute, mate. <laughs> I think it's important to think about that sometimes. And then like you, it definitely does stop the mindset from becoming negative. Be thinking, you know, like each moment is important. I know, especially with two kids in there, like yeah, two young kids, you've got to appreciate that moment and I think for me that's helped my mindset more than any like outcome-based training more than anything is just doing the things that I enjoy um yeah mate I know that's a bit of a long-winded um yeah no <clears throat> mate 100% and I think so for, for me and this is I think something that for anyone that has been in the military or is in the military now and will be coming out or, or going in I think you massively take for granted that social side of things and the tribalism that you get in the military. So, you know, I went in at 19, left at 29. So from that side of things, I didn't really know any different. And it was only when I'd been outside for, I don't know, about a year and I was just like threaders and I didn't, didn't know why I was at all. And it was only then thinking, ah, oh, actually, yeah, actually, this is something I've had this here all the time, and now it's not. And then, as well mm. as, uh, I think just doing stuff because you want to do them. I think personally, for me and uh, Ash, we were chatting about this the other day. One of the one of the best mindset hacks, for want of a better word, that I found is when I'm feeling like swamped with work. And when I'm feeling like I don't have enough time to get anything done, I go to the arcade under the office where I work and play a bit of shoot 'em up for five minutes. And then all of a sudden, you know what? It's all right. Actually, I do have time to get it done. It's not a problem. I'm happier again. The work gets done to a better quality and actually everything's everything's all right. And that's, just, yeah, just doing something because you want to and because it's a bit of fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally, mate. Yeah, I totally agree. I think people need to, you know, do more things they enjoy because ultimately you learn, you learn like, like you said about the SOP. So everyone, everyone in your group knows what SOP is, I'm sure. No, no, no. Oh. So yeah, so I don't need to tell you this. Right, so standard operating procedure, okay? So oh, man, I, I, I thought you said SFP. Oh, no. Right, yeah, yeah, SOP, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all know what that is, right? I, I thought, mate, I thought, my God, what, I'm proper, I'm missing out on something here. Um, no, mate. Yeah, yeah that yeah, acronym yeah. came in, mate. That, that acronym came in when you left. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. Um, no, like, um, yeah, that is that is key. And I think a lot of the, as well, it's like a lot of breath work and a lot of um, meditative practices, that's what's become very prominent in, you know, um, the kind of on on social media or should i say or amongst a lot of people who are running you know retreats or whatever is breath work is a huge practice because it's basically opening up people's you know um thoughts and uh, you know um sort of um presence of mind into like what they're doing and i think that in itself is obviously people you know 30 years ago you say right breath work breathe people would just go <laughs> Okay, I'm good. But like now it's a lot more like actually having that um, <clears throat> practice in itself can actually really shift people's stress response um, and in turn, obviously lead into a more positive mindset. And that is, you know, a mate of mine who who I've worked with um, ongoing now for quite a few years. He, he's, a, he's very, very hot on that. He's done a lot of study in it. He's very, very good with people in that that capacity, and it really helps um, people's um, cognitive awareness as well as like assimilating information when they do that calming techniques, and also you know that helps their mindset in itself. So I think it's a, a mixture of a mixture approach um, and what works for any individual. I think for me and you, we're a bit more hard and fast and a bit more cut cut down the line, but then. We also understand that that's not the only way to do it. Um, you know, I think that's an important thing when you're working with people to realise that what works for you might not work for them. And having something in the chamber to be like, okay, have you tried this? You know, um, 
what is your stress response for training? Can you recover like you what like you want to? Okay, why? Why aren't you? I had that call with somebody today and um we looked at a lot of that other areas and that in itself had a, an instant buy-in they thought okay i haven't navigated that i'm going to look at that um yeah and and, and, it, and it automatically it gave them like a bit of like optimism like oh i'm struggling with an injury um now i've got a bit more optimism to look into this so i think mindset is, is a really tricky one i do think you need to have worked with people though in person i do think that that is a literally a categoric prerequisite my view only my view but because you can't read body language online as much as you can by at least having experience seeing people in person i think it's a very different practice isn't it yeah mate definitely definitely good i was going to bring up good point from pete here uh in the chat so doing things we enjoy is essential i agree but for some people they could interpret that as okay i'll just watch telly slash get on social media i think Something that I use quite a lot, a word I use quite a lot, is just intentional. And and actually, I think it is okay. Like, it is okay to just watch telly sometimes, right? If that is what you enjoy. But I think what we're losing a lot of is, is doing things intentionally because there's so many distractions. So people say, I'm just going to wind down for a minute. I'm just going to chill out with the missus. And I'm going to stick the TV on and just relax. But then nine times out of 10, then you don't actually do that because you'll then like have the TV on. You'll be maybe like quickly doing the washing up or feeding the dog. And then WhatsApping fucking James from up the road, scrolling social media as well. I'll I'll just, whilst I've got half an hour, I'm just going to fire this email off as well. And then actually you, you don't ever actually properly chill out and relax and why I quite like going and doing the sort of shoot 'em ups or or another one for me that I really like to do is to go and do 10 minutes of like focused training with the dog is because I, I have to be like properly present, like with the dog, for example, when I've got to go in mad and jumping up and down things and, and hopping around, I can't just quickly pull my phone out and check it. I have to be present with that and just focus just on that as opposed to being pulled in a million different directions at once yeah mate yeah i would say that on that is kind of you know this is why for me personally like i like to either sounds a bit sounds a bit silly but i like to get a map out or even just trace something on os maps and just literally follow a route that i haven't done before I know it sounds silly, but go for go up a hill or find some water and then use it as like, right, I'm doing a little walk and there's a there's a positive outcome during it. It might be getting into the water, doing a bit of a swim, whatever it may be. Um, and then a little bit of admin either side of that when you're freezing cold. Again, that's going to build a little bit of like, OK, you know, a little bit of awareness, you know, a bit of admin, a bit of discipline, etc. And then when I get back home, all of a sudden, you're like a different, you are genuinely a different person. Um, yeah. And without sounding again, Chad, it's, it is really, it's just almost not chasing the outcome, but actually just doing it for the sake of doing that. Mm-hmm. We all know what's positive and negative. Like, I just want to just switch off, do nothing and eat crap in front of the TV. Everybody knows that that is not like the best way, you know, doing something. Um, Yes, it can have, you know, it can be a good thing sometimes if you just, if you know that that is, you're, you're aware of what you're doing. But just doing something that you know is beneficial for your health mm. and also just not just doing it for the sake of doing it. And that's why like, you know, accessibility of walking. I think you've probably seen it, mate, in the past with your your physio is like, you know, people that are can't do these things. That's where it becomes very difficult to navigate, like, you know, disabilities or impairments or whatever. It's easy to preach. I'll go out for a walk or go and yomp around or whatever. Go for a run. It's like that is can be a very sensitive subject to a lot of people. So I don't I'm not coming from that avenue, but I'm just coming from, you know, taking like intentional 
actually stepping away mm. um, from distractions that you know are not gonna kind of serve you in that sort of time um and also having the things planned so you know planning a trip to the hills or something like you do it mate and what you get from it is huge isn't it like yeah for your mentality there's something to aim for there's an outcome that you know is going to be very beneficial yes it's going to suck in the moment potentially but i think people planning stuff for themselves is absolutely crucial and that's what i kind of meant about me doing enjoyment stuff is like planning something i know i enjoy well, yeah. and then working a little bit towards that it could be ad hoc but planning ones is really important um especially if you're kind of driven you know and you want to like push yourself um so yeah a little bit of that a little bit of background on that i think yeah nice man i think you can tie in you know you said with the with the military and the sops and people do stuff because they know there's those real repercussions right yeah i think we can see a little bit of that I mean, like you said there, you you know, you go out for a walk and, and you get in the water, right? You then get out. Well, I tell you what, you are going to get yourself dry. You are going to put warm clothes on. Because yeah. if you don't, like you will prob- probably at, like actually die, right? So there's the, if like you want to be a little bit more driven to build those habits to do that stuff, when there is actually a bit of skin in the game, right? When there is actually something on the table, Mm. that's when you're then actually going to start building those skills to actually start doing just what needs to be done. Yeah, mate, exactly. And and I do think that a lot of people online, again, it's, I think, how long have you left for the last section, mate? Because we've probably got till midnight. But I think... We've got I like think 15 that, minutes, 15 minutes. We'll, Roger, we'll... I think that um, people that are doing a lot of filming of themselves doing these things sometimes in the moment again, creating reels about them doing a practice that's supposed to be a headspace drill or whatever, is that is the power of social media. And that is them wanting people to see what they're doing, but ultimately they they haven't spent the time actually doing it themselves without any distractions. And I think that builds that inner confidence of not no one watching you doing it. Um, and yes, we've all filmed ourselves doing this stuff, right? But I think, you know, you're not looking for likes. Um, I think that's really key for people, mate. Um, yeah, I used to have a lot of clients at Ustrava and they used to send me all their data. They used to get want to get kudos on Strava. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't give them kudos on Strava, it was like, oh, you don't like me anymore. But it's like, well, <laughs> I know you're doing the work. You know me. And, you know, that's where that connection, you know, is 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 a positive one. So, yeah, mate, it's um, it's a tricky one, that isn't it, mate? So Strava, that that's a whole. So there's there's someone they're they're not on the call, but <laughs> they um will use Strava, and I can tell. So so they'll often go for bike rides with friends, right? And I will know if they have gone for a bike ride with a friend that made them cycle slow, because they will title the ride. <laughs> something like um recovery <laughs> like, yeah yeah exactly that or you know nice scenic ride to see the hills in in here or something because zone five <laughs> yeah, mate because they're genuinely so worried that someone's going to look at their strava and go oh but that's that's slow for them yeah. like like to the point where they put so much thought into what can they title it where they're not going to upset the other person and and that i think is interesting comes back to the other points you said there the, I can only see that happening because I've built a relationship there and I know that yeah. person. I know a little bit more of what's going on in their head, right? So I can see that and be like, um, yeah, definitely, mate. Right today, then, mate, like poke the bear a little bit to try, <laughs> to try and get them to, uh, to to own up about it. Yeah. But mate, it's yeah, it's interesting, and and that is that social media just giving people that that constant need for that that dopamine hit because you know someone's liked it or you know what whatever it is i i do think mate you're you were right like you said the other day like social media is sort of genuinely fucking people up people are just not people following someone else's people other people's lives and um that is because you know without you know putting too much of a headline on that like they lack self-belief and confidence um 
mm-hmm. they ha- they had a direction but they question it so they try and find a new direction and they don't really know where that is what that is so they just crave attention or or they crave um feedback and and and, and something belong to something and i do think that again without sounding you know like there is a lot to be said about how more so now late like are in past how they you do become a recruiter Lipston. you are on the you you do get that train ticket on your own you do go down to exodus and david's and then obviously you're smoked on your own there's all these things that you do on your own you're not going to be sending a, a a reel going on the train down to ctc so you don't let any of those things influence what you're actually doing and then you just your your whole like adrenaline is increased and your um what's the word the old ooda loop you know your whole vision yeah. Is, yeah. is is zoned in on what you're doing and if someone was to text you then you're going to fucking reply you're too dialed in and mm. i think that that in itself is a lifelong thing that no one forgets mm. everyone you say who's joined the core whatever the train ride it sounds silly but no one forgets that and they're like the first two weeks like you know you don't forget that because that's just something that is ingrained in you and i think that there were no distractions and i i do think that the distractions is the worst thing for people's like you know priority priorities um yeah, mate. So I'm a big believer in, you know, if you're going to do something like a course, you know, a deployment, whatever, you're just, you just you know, can't have distractions um, in, in the nicest way <laughs> because people just end up dripping, don't they? And like texting going, I don't want to be here. And it's like, you know, you can't have that. Um, I do think as well is like, people that go out on expeditions you know to himalayas pakistan like people that i've worked with in the past you know like they they have a veil they they really embrace um the, the hardship of it and that's why they keep returning you know to those environments mm. and if right. they were distracted the whole time they wouldn't have that focus that they need um yeah. that's just a personal that's a personal view that's very difficult to to build in somebody um but yeah if you can do that i mean that person that you've worked with that is like you know a friend for life if you, if you know what i mean you know like they'll never forget what you that relationship you've worked with i'm sure you've got you're going to have your client base who are going to stay with you that they wouldn't even think about leaving and that's <laughs> yeah that says a lot um yeah Mate, there's um, it's interesting something you said there about you know like embracing that hardship. So, when I went on Herrick Twelve, that was we ended up in a very small checkpoint. There's about twenty of us in there. There's like like literally fuck all, no electricity, and I'm we made like a little table, and you know with your with your combi tool, so you have a tool to clean your weapon, and it it has a little drill bit in it to to get carbon out. And I drilled a little hole right in this bit of plywood to put a zip tie through. And I was there fucking ages, mate, drilling these holes with my combi tool drill bit, right? Because that's all we had. And I, I fucking loved it, right? Because I've made this table out of, like, I had nothing. And then I went on Herrick 17, and obviously things had changed a little bit then. Things were a little bit more established. And we, we got into the PB, and I was like, fucking right, I'm going to make a table. Right. So I'm there. I'm like, get my little drill bit out again, my combi tool. And then one of the lads just comes over. He goes, oh, there's the vehicle mechanic shake on around the corner because <laughs> I just got a drill out of there. And it just fucking ruined it for me, mate. Because I was like, you know, I wanted to be there for the, the hardship of having nothing. Right. And if you want to make anything, yeah. you're using your hands, your bare hands to make it. And then yeah. all of a sudden there's a drill and I was just like, I don't want to make this table <laughs> anymore. Like not, not bothered. Um, mate, it, we've, got, I, we've got Weber barbecues out here now. <laughs> oh, mate, love it. Um, mate, that's, that's, that's a really good point. Like a, a friend of mine who um, he's now left, but he, he went when it was, when it was BRF, he went on and joined BRF and um, 
he was a boot neck and he, he went and joined the first day. He was like, right, fucking messed him out, hexy out. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. like old school. And blokes are like walking around unshaven and like jet boils and fucking MSRs to the eyeballs. And he's like, and he's like, and they're like, what are you doing, mate? And then he's like shaving out of his mess team with Hexy <laughs> fucking. And they're just like, oh. <laughs> and they all thought that this guy was, fuck me, like fair play, but also slightly strange. And then he, but that's what he knew. That's what he wanted to like demonstrate, I guess. Um, and then he smashed everyone at Fizz. And then all of a sudden it was like, this guy's hoofing. So <laughs> a little bit similar, but not as, uh, but yeah, just like, you know, SOP again, like yeah. do it the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mate. That's it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm just going to so um Ash, would you mind would you mind I've got a few questions for you, mate? So Ash is when we talk about mindset and stuff like this, um Ash, I do do you mind me asking a few questions, mate, and just saying no, what, what, what you do, yeah. So you are a trained mate, is it is it a trained therapist or, or counsellor? Yeah, yeah, counsellor. Yeah, yeah, cool. They're, they're the same yeah did, mate do you think there's been a, a influx or a rise of people with having problems of, of self-belief confidence like ed was touching on then sort of recently because of social media or do you think it's maybe something that had actually is always been there forever mm. it just hasn't it's just never been brought to the surface before i think it magnifies it is that Mag yeah yeah um but we've just mastered in different ways like for me like i'm really lucky to have close family and i was having a conversation with my dad and my granddad this week and and th there's factors of self-belief in both of them and like that's definitely not because of social media mm. but the way it presents itself in the next couple of generations is how people not only don't have the have the limiting belief but they self-disable of like oh well i have this and they've diagnosed themselves through social media and it's chronic it's yeah. like the impact that's having of um and i see it uh, uh, and i've even noticed it in me that we uh we self-label and and mm. so people are doing that and that and that is down to social media because people weren't reading the dsm5 they weren't reading medical journals people have seen social media and are going oh yeah it, it's this and uh yeah that's having a really significant impact and that's just one aspect. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, mate. So, so you say it's almost a case of because people can give themselves a label that they will then sort of go, go along with that behaviour. As opposed to if you don't know what it is and you can't label yourself, you're much more likely to just not get on with it. That's probably the wrong, the wrong phrasing. But just just kind of do the next thing that you need to and not fall into the pit. Yeah, well, there's a factor of resilience. And I think a lot of what you guys have been talking of in mindset is, is resilience, is that attitude to the problem. And I think from not being in the core, but what you guys have described is is that it harnesses that. It harnesses, oh, there's a challenge. Let's see how fucking great we can make it. Of like, Let's get something good out of it. Oh, the table analogy is a great example of that the social social media analogy is like oh i thought this was a problem and now i now i'm confident it's a problem because i've seen it's a problem and then we check oh, a lot of my work is what we call lenses is how we perceive the same thing is that you could have a hundred people in a room and have a hundred different experiences of, of the same thing that's all the lens and, and that comes in with your resilience as well of what <laughs> what has happened in my life for me to see if that's a good experience or a bad experience or a hard experience or an easy experience. Mm. Nice. Yeah. 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 No, go on, Ed. I was just, yeah. No, no, I, I think, I think that goes in probably to like the, just in general, just like um, more and my avenue in training people, et cetera, is, you know, but that's just why I said at the beginning of people respond to stimuluses so differently. People perceive intensity so differently to somebody else. People perceive failure in their training to what, only what they know. So it's about, you know, for us personally, like 
I'm just talking from my perspective and and Luke's is like if we go out and do a session we do it but we know that it is beneficial regardless of how small it is regardless if the intensity is not as high as we used to push ourselves we're not redlining but you know that it's consolidation so like it's all consolidating and that for me gives um much more like longevity to the training aspect um and i think that then that then everything does become a positive i think when you start to judge training sessions and periods in not doing training it's very easy to to to, to say that you think that you're slacking and things like that but that is couldn't be further from the truth in my view um yeah so that's just a point a little bit of a point on that from me mate nice so i think oh, mate two things i want to jump in with um, go on <laughs> what <laughs> go on keep go on. Oh, one i'm just going to say this one before i forget it one thing that limpson definitely did fuck me up with was a fear of failure when i left there but i'll, I'll yeah. come back to that in a minute um hybrid oh no i think we'll have to miss that one makes me yeah um, <laughs> uh, but what i was gonna say I'll do the fear of failure and then I'll hopefully I'll remember it, come back to it. Um, yeah, it, like that is probably one big negative that I that I actually, I took from CTC was I do not want to get anything wrong at all, ever. Um, or like, we're just going to have a fucking terrible time. Terrible time. Um, and, and I think that's probably one of the negatives that came from that. And then the other thing, that I was going to say that I just forgot was, was what you were saying on there is, you know, just if I can just do anything, well, that's better than nothing. And I think this is what is being so not like fought back against on social media. A lot of people and a lot of the probably younger guys who, who come into the coaching really have this, what I say, like the Goggins mindset which is is just so fucking counterproductive. It's unreal, right? For just, just being straight down the line, mm -hmm. where if I'm not absolutely redlining myself every single session, if I'm not absolutely writing myself off, well, then I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I'm not doing enough because David Goggins is out there running 800 miles and breaking both his shins and having eight divorces and six kids that never see him, right? You know, but but that mindset really genuinely is is coming through where it's almost like if I'm not actually breaking myself at the moment, then I'm not trying hard enough. But that that is just so far from the truth. And and the thing is, again, this goes back to what I said at the start. We will have big names saying stuff and then it trickles down. Right. And they might be saying it because it fits for what they're doing or, or whatever it is. But it then trickles down to other people underneath that. So like your medium level influencers or whatever, who see it and go, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. And then they push that message out as well, but without any nuance or, or anything behind it. And then it just, it just builds and builds from there. Yeah, absolutely, and, mate. And, those and, 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 and follow, following, following versus impact like that they have is very very linked like you know if someone was to go and do something and they they're in the telegraph or whatever their their like forward is name and how many followers they have so all of a sudden then they have so much choice or so much you know influence on people that it's it's you know it should be up to people to to not follow that mate and i know it's difficult isn't it but followers does not is not indicative of um of quality at all um couldn't preach that message enough <laughs> you're right mate then yeah i'm just gonna try not to die a minute i made a drink to stop coughing with pepper in and now i've just swallowed the peppercorn <laughs> which has absolutely not helped but um so, so the next thing that i was just going to finish on that was often then the people who are in that medium bracket who then preach that mindset are actually the ones that don't do anything that hard at all. Yeah. Yeah. You're gone, mate. Glad to take over then. <laughs> okay. This is why one of the big reasons that people not, it's not necessarily people that leave the military, but people that have um, 
they want to essentially um, learn a little bit more about themselves. He's gone. He's fucking... <laughs> right. Is um, a lot of people take up endurance work or endurance sports or something that is um, ongoing, like long the longevity side of like training might be like a long run, a long hike, a challenge, a challenge based um, outcome. So they they basically build a very resilient um, routine and approach to training. And me and Luke have done that the same, like very similar ways. We have got into endurance sports and that has learnt, taught us, I would say more than any qualification personally um, that I've gained in the military, but also with, you know, um, governing bodies and, and, you know, et cetera, because it teaches you so much like, administration so big um planning coordinating um you know turning up and training your nutrition and i think that yes strength training etc does all of those things but i feel like endurance work has taught me a lot um that i can then put on you know put on to other people and also understand what they're doing like how they're struggling with their training so for me, if someone who's got an endurance background, who understands nutrition, who understands the um, how they piece together, they're usually really strong um, identities and really will understand you as as a person. Personally, that's how I see it. Um, it's made me a much better coach. And um, <clears throat> I'm not saying go and run 100 miles or whatever, but it really does um, take your distractions from the gym environment with the lights, with all the people, with the with all of that stimulus and adrenaline, um, it takes all that away. Um, and yeah, it, you learn a lot. And I would always advocate anyone to go and do those things because it gives them a different perspective of training and, and everything else. So just a little bit of a rant there, but I think that it is really important. Anyone I work with, I try and get them outside running um, or at least build them up to it because yeah, they've just become better all-rounders. Um, yeah, mate. Sorry, you're right there, mate. Yeah, just about recovered. Thanks for uh, thanks for, for filling in there, mate. Yeah, mate, I, I couldn't agree more with everything you, you just said there, to be honest. And there's a great quote that I, I everyone's like, fucking Ali's going to murder another quote. But it, <laughs> it goes along the lines of, um, if, if you want to run a race, run 100 metres. If you if you want to have an experience, run a marathon, and I think yeah. that's I, I just think that's very true, or you know, or an ultra, or or a mountain race, or whatever it's going to be for that experience. Like you know, you need to get out of the adrenaline zone. I think, and you have to get to that point where you sort of hit the wall and you go, "Fuck, I don't know if I like, I don't know." And it's only then, when you get to that point where you hit that wall, you go, "I don't know." do you really have that experience where the outcome is, is genuinely uncertain. And yeah, yeah. A, when you can push through that uncertainty where nothing is promised, I think that's where you then really do, you know, learn more about yourself and, and develop those skills. Yeah. Wait, one of the biggest, and I said this earlier, one of the best things I've ever done is get OS maps, right. <laughs> or, get a load of maps or shit load up there and plot routes, literally plot a route and, and, and just, just go on that route and then find out like my fitness is improving. My nav's improving. My admin's improving. You don't get that from in a squat rack. Like you just, you got to, I had this chat with someone else today. Um, you got to what you want to achieve in the gym needs to transfer over right and that's basic right but it it does need to and you get drawn into data again mm. from the gym um you know that's one of the big, biggest bits of advice i could give to anyone is to go and you know learn basic map reading go and plot some routes do some circulars do some out and backs do some point to points enjoy it when you're doing it um and and, and you you're so beneficial i can't even begin to describe it to be fair um 
like I went up to Scotland in July and I literally went for a seven hour, seven hour hike. And I did not see a person. I didn't see anyone. And some people that's, that's difficult. Like they, they, they need to have people around. But for me, I fucking absolutely loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was better than the previous four weeks training kind of building up to that trip. Um, yeah. So. Mate. Awesome. Awesome. We'll we'll wrap it up there. But that was that was top. Thanks for coming on, mate. And if people want to find you, dude, where can they where can they grab you? Um so Caliber Athlete is a company that I'm running. It's like, yeah, the coaching side of, of the business. We're, we're launching a couple of we did a retreat this year. We're doing a retreat next year. Um, but I'm sure me and Luke are, we're gonna we wanna we wanna work together a little bit mm. more, I think, in the future. Um and I was supposed to come on that thing, wasn't I? At Pool, at Pool Beach, but I couldn't, couldn't make it, um, which was which was disappointing. But um, yeah, so that's the coaching side of things. It's um, kind of just about to launch a little promo video, which is short but sweet. And um, so yeah, they, they can see that on Instagram or caliberathlete.com on the website. But yeah, mate, I'm not going to plug Caliber too much. <laughs> cool. <laughs> mate well dude we'll, i'll push this out as a podcast so you know and anyone yeah anyone listening, uh, yeah and and yeah go go check out caliber athlete on instagram and then as a as a little actionable point then because i love banging out a, a actionable yeah. point would be to grab a map <laughs> a route, and just go out and enjoy it yeah nice. mate confidence 100%. yeah and and yeah co- yeah confidence to do it just get a map short route and just go out and just go out and, and enjoy it right on that note because i have a call that started six minutes ago um <laughs> so deck will be upset but he's a good lad um i shall uh catch you all later thanks for coming along it's been uh yeah been a been an interesting chat cheers ed mate really um really appreciate it mate yeah pleasure mate cool. thank you awesome man.